thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to another edition of 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I'm here with the fabulous co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He's fresh back from Bali. He's Dr. Damien Christoph. Hi there, Damo. Hello, MP. How are you? Mate, I'm great. You have got the world's greatest moustache going on at the moment. Uh, <laughs> Movember, you are just looking beautiful. Is it great to be back in the land of Oz? Mate, it was great. I flew in today. Uh, I left last night. It was 32 degrees when I left at uh, just on midnight and got in this morning into Melbourne at about 9 and it was 9 degrees. It was a beautiful rude awakening and uh, they played cricket in the drizzle. So I had a ripper day. Loved it. And, uh, and my moustache uh, made it even better, I've got to tell you. I was wondering why you were in your whites. Man, you are straight off the plane and straight onto the cricket pitch. Yeah, yeah, you know, you can't just because you're about to turn 40 doesn't mean you pack up your bags, you know what I mean? Like, you, you can't just retire uh, and be not out when um, when you haven't really scored a lot of runs. So I've just got to keep on going. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, I was thinking whilst you were jet-setting your way uh, to Bali and spending some time with LT, I was thinking... Um, of some of the moments that have come up uh, recently in practice. And I keep on thinking about a lady that came in, and I think I've got a feeling I mentioned it on one of the podcasts recently, but had a lady that came in came in recently and said, what diet should I go on? Mm. I was like, mm, interesting question great because question. the list is a long list of diets. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if you and I did an episode, and we could probably do many, um, where we actually just almost did like a pricey on – a number of the diets that are out there and pretty much put a line through lots of them yeah. and then left and left just the credible ones left just so that people can, I suppose, weed out the good from the bad. Um, and Because I'm not anti-diet but I'm anti, I'm definitely anti-fad diet but, you know, I've been on one, what I call a diet, I've been on one diet in my whole life and that was really a turning point for me. I went on the body for life diet. About um, what was about ten years ago, I think. And How much fun the, was that? That was great, wasn't it? Bill Phillips? Well, that yeah, was, uh, was I loved it. Yeah. But I loved it. I loved it more. Like I was the bloke in my friendship group who didn't go to the gym, and all of my mates went to the gym. Oh right. And this was kind of just a year or two out of school, um, and I was like, uh, I wasn't in a good way. Like my health wasn't flash. I was chubby, pasty, pimply, and I was you just. Were. Wow. Oh, man, I, I could show you some ripping photos. Wow. Um, but um, the, the Body for Life, we all, we all did it as a, like a mini, not a competition. Oh, maybe we did do it as a competition. But I ended up winning the comp out of all my mates who were buff, footy jocks, great <laughs> blokes, but they were footy jocks, right? They yeah. were just, they, they had it going. They knew what was going on. They knew what to do in the gym. I had no idea. But anyway, we all did the Body for Life. And um, I think I won it because I was the last man standing. Everyone else didn't actually finish the 12 weeks, but I learned so much about food and exercise. And whether you agree or disagree with the body for life, for me, it wasn't really the point. It was the fact that every diet can teach you about nutrition. If you've got no idea, um, you can learn a lot. Even if it's not the wisest information, it, was, it can still be a step forward. And, but that's the only diet I've ever been on. But I know people that go on a diet every year. Mm. 
you know? Absolutely. People are just are continuous, perpetual dieters. And, and I think that's a big problem for a lot of people is that they, uh, they seek short-term um, pain for long-term gain. Uh, and so they do these little diets thinking that's going to fix their problem, but it's actually uh, making a conscious decision for the long term that's actually going to provide short and long-term gains. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. So what do you – I was thinking about this when I was researching it. What do you consider, Damo, as a diet? What would you define a diet as? I think – well, I suppose you can do non-sensible diets and then you can do sensible diets. And look, there's a whole lot of philosophies that surround a lot of diets and we're going to go through some diets tonight which are absolutely purely 100% philosophical based and, and, and it's totally fine to do those diets. Just understand that if you're doing a diet that, uh, that rubs out too many macronutrients, then that will essentially affect the way in which your body responds to the environment. So that may or may not aid you um, according to epigenetics. So – we just got to you know, just to keep that in mind. But I think a diet is something that you follow, and and that's really all it is. So you you can choose to have a healthy diet and follow a healthy diet, or you could choose to have a fad diet and follow a fad diet. It's it's as simple as that, I think, big guy. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I think you've just nailed it on the head. There's the fad diets, which are really like. Um, extreme and maybe maybe just for the short term, shall yeah. we say? We tend to find um, they're like your crash diets or your weight control diets. That's those yeah. sorts of things. Like I know people uh, close to my heart who have would say have a wedding coming up in ten or twelve weeks, and they would just go on a crash diet. Yeah. yeah, and then after the wedding, it's all just thrown out the window. Yes, and you know back to what they were doing. Yeah. But why don't we go through, um, and for anyone that wants to see a list, I think Wikipedia has a really good list. So if you um, go into Wikipedia and put in list of diets, you'll get a list of about 80 or 90 diets. So I might just throw a few of these at you, Damo, yeah. and you can just you can just nail them or you can actually say whether they're any good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so okay. let's start at the low-calorie diets. Why don't we start off with what I did? What do you think of Body for Life? Oh, look, again, Body for Life, like you said before, any diet will give you the opportunity to learn a lot about nutrition. And I think that's what Body for Life did for a lot of people. It actually taught them a lot about nutrition, taught them a lot about protein, fats, and carbohydrates. And look, I honestly, I didn't follow or get too much into that particular program at that time because I was very focused on creating my own programs just to, you know, getting ready for a TV show. So I, um, you know, you weren't I, on the way. If you didn't need to uh, be on the way, because you would have been such a good nick anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't need to go and bulk up, but I have I have seen massive massive um, changes in people who did the Body for Life program. Um, however, I don't know anybody who's still doing the Body for Life program, and, and I actually don't know anybody who still is showing the same results as what they got from the Body for Life program. So maybe that could have been seen as a fad, or maybe it was too difficult to actually do long. Question: of, Yeah, sustainability. Okay, yeah. next one. Have you ever heard of this? This is the cookie diet, a calorie control diet in which low-fat cookies are eaten to quell hunger, often in place of a meal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! All right, look, there's probably some people uh, out there thinking, "Oh, that's me. That'll be right. How awesome is that? I want to do it." In fact, there'll be people listening to this right now, overhearing. Um, the the sensible person who's actually listening to this will be overhearing, um, you know, and and going, oh, I might do that and see how I go. It's uh, but one. what's that? But that won't be one of them. Oh gee, I hope it's. Imagine doing the cookie diet. I I can't even imagine why that would be good. What about one that has millions of people around the world doing it? Um, and uh, my mum being one of them, she has done this for many years, and that is the Weight Watchers diet. Yeah, look, the biggest thing I find with Weight Watchers is it teaches you how to read and count points. That doesn't teach you much about food. In fact, yes. the amount of people I see yo-yo on Weight Watchers is phenomenal. And 
And look, oh, I'm, I'm not going. I don't want to bag Weight Watchers. Um, they have actually. Um, I think they've started to pay more attention to calories. But even still, um, the attention to calories is not a wise move for many people. When you can have a, um, you can have plenty of unhealthy foods that are low in calories, don't they? Well, this is the whole point system, isn't it? Like instead of counting calories, they count points. So you don't have to count calories. You just got to count your points. So. It's uh, it's a bit of a, a nonsense to do that. The the thing I think it gives people is some control over their food, um, but it's a low fat eating program. And whenever you do low fat, one you won't have the right hormone, uh, you know, um, interactions within the body. And many people when they do low fat eating programs get depressed as a result of not having enough fat, and then subsequently not enough cholesterol in their bloodstream. Do you know much then about the McDougal diet? Because that is a low fat diet, and that's. Seems to have quite a following, um, maybe more in America than Australia. Um, but do you know much about the McDougal diet? That's the starch diet. Yes, so that's, the starch diet, isn't it? So it's uh, potatoes, rice, beans. It's vegetarian. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he's got a good reputation, especially in the states. But again, I suppose high starch from, for me personally doesn't roll. But what about for you? Does it roll? Huh? Boom, boom. Hey, well, what's interesting <laughs> is uh, is that the Irish, you know, through their famines, uh, lasted and survived on potatoes. Now, whether or not that was good for their health, um, I suppose many people would contend yes or no. Um, I would tend to say that having a large amount of starch in your body uh, at the expense of fat and protein going into your body uh, is, is likely to have a significant detrimental effect on, on you. Um, given that there's such a huge hormone reliance uh, on the clearance of starch and and glucose from your bloodstream, and and that is when we're talking about insulin and then the effects of diabetes, so too much starch, too much carbohydrate um, runs the risk and has the potential to affect um, your blood sugar levels and then push you towards diabetes. This is the number one biggest challenge facing the East Indian population. Um, of of uh, or the, sorry the East Asian population of India, so we see that uh, vegetarian Indians have the number one highest rate of type two diabetes in the world. Is that uh, right? Yep, in the world, and it's only because of their high um, high starch, high carbohydrate vegetarian eating program. Well, when you say potatoes, rice, and beans, that's yep. that, that's a large portion of an Indian meal. Well, that's, well, you could actually have um, beans or lentils in a dal plus a potato curry with rice, and uh, and there you are. You're done. You know what I mean? So, uh, oh, yeah. And many people will do that on a daily basis, and, and they find themselves in a world of pain, a world of trouble, um, largely because that's very, very inexpensive food to get. You just whack a few herbs in there, a bit of coconut milk, and off you go. Uh, but it's it's quite nutritionally insufficient. All right, let's get on to the low-carb diets because that's yes. where a lot of diets are these days. Let's oh, yeah. go with the probably the most popular of all time, and I'm not talking paleo. We'll get to that in a moment. Let's talk about the Atkins diet. Yeah, yes. Um, popularized by Robert Atkins. Your yeah. thoughts on the Atkins diet? Oh, look, you know what? I loved it when it came out because it really challenged convention because for 30 years people have been following the Weight Watchers program thinking that low-fat was the way to go. What this particular program showed us was that you don't have to do low fat. In fact, you can do incredibly high fat and animal fat and still lose weight. Now, the flip side to that was that what we also learned from the Atkins Eating Program was that not everybody is created equal. Now, uh-huh. you know, what this means is that some people can do really well with saturated fat and high protein, and other people can't do very well at all. And, you know, this led me to discover a whole lot more about 
um, eating programs and then refine the you know what I was doing with eating programs. But essentially, the Atkins diet isn't a long-term health program. Um, it's it's certainly a fast weight loss program. It's very very effective. Takes you into ketosis, and ketosis um, is a very rapid way to burn fat. However, um, as I've witnessed with many people, the rebound effect of a low carb eating program is quite significant. Talk about ketosis for a moment, can you? Because a lot of that, that seems to be the basis of a number of diets and I think people are still confused whether that's a good thing or a bad thing or a healthy thing or an unhealthy thing. Can you just explain ketosis and, and again, just its role um, in the yeah. body and with these diets? Yeah, sure, sure. Ketosis is, um, is a process by which the body is starved of uh, various macronutrients, in this case carbohydrates, and as a result, it liberates ketones into the bloodstream to be actually burned off as um, as a fuel, and so ketones then can be measured in the urine um, as a accessory fuel source running through the system. It's very very efficient to burn ketones, very efficient way of burning fats and uh, and, and liberating fats, and and you know it can be hugely beneficial. However. Um, high levels of ketosis can be very, very challenging on the kidneys. Um, can be also be very, very challenging on the heart. However, um, the ketosis is very different to ketoacidosis. And ketoacidosis is what they talk about with diabetics, where their blood sugar levels go too high, and as a result, they can't get access to their sugars anymore, and the ketone levels rise significantly with high blood sugar. And that's a hugely dangerous situation for the kidneys and the brain in diabetics. Now, this generally only happens with type 1 diabetics, um, but it can happen in type 2 diabetes where it's poorly controlled. Okay. Um, Ducan diet, South Beach diet. You could probably roll them, Not, I don't know how similar they are, but they're both low-carb diets. Yep. Look, um, a, a, bit, a bit the same as the Atkins, but just a bit more sensible around the fat, you know, so it's... You could probably always bundle. Yeah, look, it, there's a lot of eating programs that go along with the South Beach and the Duke and Diet sort of protocol or program where you have more protein and more vegetable based carbohydrates as the bulk of your meal and use sensible types of fat. So, and I'm saying sensible types of fats because even though the British Medical Journal just recently published that fat's not related to cholesterol issues, that we still have seen that for years and years and years of reduction of cholesterol that heart disease has actually gone down in some instances but i'm not saying that fat and cholesterol go hand in hand by any stretch of imagination but what i want people to understand is that there are awesome fats out there that you can eat that that won't have necessarily all the potential side effects that you might get from eating saturated fat so and i'm not anti-saturated fat you know tonight i was having some organic chicken, and I had the chicken skin, and I love the chicken skin. Lick the fat underneath it. I love it to bits, right? <laughs> but I'm not going to make saturated fat from animals my primary source of fat. So um, what these other programs, the South Beach Diet and the Dukin Diet, actually talk about is is utilization of other types of fat. So it would be macadamia oil or um, coconut oil, you know, different types of fats yep. that are beneficial for the body. Olive, olive oil, oil, olive oil, grapeseed oil. Yep. That's right. So all of those sorts of things. Um, okay, low-carb diet. People will want to know your thoughts on the paleo diet. Look, again, paleo is another approach to a primal way of living. Um, and it, I think paleo gets probably the closest to the Atkins diet out of all of the other types of eating programs out there. And I don't have any big concerns with paleo except for when people say um, if it contains coconut, it must be paleo, or if they go on to you know, thinking that pig meat and pig fat is actually healthy for them, 
Um, and, and so just making poor choices of their proteins. I also don't think that we need to consume as much protein as what we, you know, perhaps otherwise do. Um, and the science certainly tells us that we can only absorb so much protein in a day. And excess protein does have to be removed from the body. I don't think any kind of program in this regard, like the Atkins, the South Beach, the Dukin, or the paleo eating program, is going to increase things like colon cancer, like some people say, because of the high protein. But I think it's important that people should monitor their bowel function and make sure everything's working really well if you're going to go into a low-carbohydrate eating program. Because low-carbohydrate essentially infers that there may be a reduction in fiber, and many people actually need more fiber in their diet than 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 other nutrients um subway diet was made very famous uh jared fogel lost 245 pounds replacing his meals with subway sandwiches as part of an effort to lose weight yeah your thoughts on the subway diet demo look mate you could probably you could probably choose any food from a fast food restaurant that you liked um, and just stick to that. And because of the macronutrient dysregulation associated with these sorts of foods, you're likely to lose some kind of fat. Now, the only thing I can imagine with Jared is that his diet must have been appalling in the past. Um, well, to lose 245 pounds meant that he had 245 pounds to well, that's, lose. That's 120 kilos. That that's 120 kilos. Carrots. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Or 18 apples in a city. Like it's not. You're not going to get. You're not going to. You know, get fat from eating good food. Now, any kind of radical change to your eating program will bring about some kind of change. And and uh, and it seems that what actually happened with the Subway eating program is they were able to decrease one of the macronutrients significantly enough to be able to um, stimulate the body's um, need to burn fuel uh, at the expense of keeping calories up in the diet. So what what they did is they kept the, the Subway subs low fat. And as a result of them being low fat, there was a reduction in fat available in the body. And so fat needed to be liberated from the, uh, the, the triglyceride stores and the fat stores in the body. And then 245 pounds later, he's uh, all over the world. Yeah, and look, I don't... Is he all right now? Who knows? Oh, what, sure. What's he up to, Gerald Fogel, Fogel now? I, I'll, I Google him, I'll Google him whilst I ask you about the blood type diet because I know you speak about the blood type diet a lot. Do you want to share that whilst I look up Jared Fogel? Yeah, I'd love to. Look, the blood type diet is a diet that I, I love to follow um, as closely as I possibly can and, and primarily for the reason, I suppose, that people follow paleo. Uh, is that it, it, it acknowledges the uh, the ancestry of our of our bodies, and so it actually considers that we've had some degree of evolution, um, or a lack of evolution for for a, a better I suppose phrase with the paleo program, because the paleo program uh, presumes that we haven't evolved much at all, whereas the blood type program says yes we've evolved, but we've evolved slowly, and the way in which we've evolved has actually allowed us to mount different responses to different foods and different food groups. And I've used this program successfully for 16 years in my practice. Um, I love it to bits. I think it's a really great program. Again, what it does is it forms the basis for an understanding of macronutrients, so protein, fat, carbohydrates. And it provides a list of foods that are beneficial for people uh, and, a, and a list of foods that are uh, foods that people should actually avoid based on science associated with histamine release, which is a allergy um, response by the body, uh, to various types of foods. And I just think it's wise. So would this be, if you were to pick out of the 90 in Wikipedia, would you put the blood type diet as your number one? Yeah, look, I love the blood type diet. I, I combine it with um, principles that I learned from 
um, uh, Barry Sears, which is the zone diet, the zone diet. And and I use that just for good calorie control, good protein, fat, carbohydrate balance, um, and appropriate, um, I suppose, food selection based on genetics. Now, you can go one step further and you can actually do genetic profiling these days or nutrigenomic profiling and that can really help out but what i managed to do um and called you lt because we're hanging out with you mp is um is i packaged up the um the knowledge that i got from the um the, the zone diet and put that into a video that i called the palm method yeah and so I love by, the palm method. just really simple principles about how much protein fat and carbohydrate you're supposed to eat but in not in block portions that uh, d- that Barry Sears talks about, which I actually think is really, really good. I just made it a little bit simpler um, and made it into the palm method. So people, if, they, if they're interested in this, if they wanted to do paleo um, or blood type or any other program, as long as they're eating according to the macronutrient ratios uh, that the palm method actually lays out, then they're going to get some really great health changes. Do you want to just explain that whilst we've got a couple of minutes, just explain the palm method and I suppose visualize your hand? Yeah, well, if you have a look at your hand and you and you open up your hand and spread your fingers, you'll look at there's you'll see that there's five digits and a palm, and uh, and and the palm actually starts at the wrist and then goes around the whole uh, of of the of the palm size of your hand to the first knuckle of your hand, and and we break up your protein and carbohydrate and fat portions according to your hand. Um, because that was what you were given when you were designed. So when you were you know, being manufactured in your mum's tummy, you actually grew limbs appropriate to the way in which your body's supposed to behave and respond to the environment. So when I was doing human dissection uh, as part of my chiropractic degree, we, we had to cut open people and we'd find organs. And one of the organs that I found the most fascinating was the stomach because the stomach actually looks like two fists put together in like a tube. Um, and, and what I realized with that was that uh, the amount of food that would fit into the stomach would be equivalent to two fists worth of food um, going into the body. And so I thought, well, what a great representation of how much food we should be eating. So then I tried to work out if we're trying to get protein, fat, carbohydrates balanced, so we, bla- we balance our blood sugar levels, which is by far one of the most important things we could do for our health is balance our blood sugar levels. This is for dementia. This is for um, for, for Alzheimer's, for uh, weight, for cholesterol, for cancer. If you balance your blood sugar levels and keep your insulin levels down at a really respectable level, you decrease your risks of all of those diseases. So I think that balancing your sugar levels is a good idea. So I used the palm of my hands or of your hands to actually des- to describe how much food you're supposed to eat based on that science. That's awesome. If uh, you haven't heard that in full, you need to either go and see Damien speak live or um, you can, you've got that on DVD, don't you? Yeah, you can actually go to my website. You can go to the DamienChristoph.com website um, and soon we'll actually have it on the wellnesscouch.com website um, nice. and, and you'll be able to buy it from the Wellness Couch. Um, at this point in time, you can buy it from the Damien Christoph website. Um, it's only, I don't it's not much, maybe 10 bucks or something, I think it is. And uh, we'll ship it out to you and, and you've got it. Damo, we've only gone through about eight to ten diets, and I'm sure we could do a hell of a lot more, but we're out of time this time, so many thanks. As always, great man for just uh, giving us your two bobs worth on all of those diets. Thanks, MP. I just want to say, I suppose, in keeping everything sensible, the key thing is to go primal. So the least amount of processing of your food, the better. And so if you eat great food all of the time, then sometimes when you have bad food, it's not a problem.
Yeah, and that's the other thing that you said is that, and I remember Brett uh, Hill said this either personally or one on one of the Wellness Guys episodes when you were interviewing Rich Roll, and Rich Roll said, "Look, I'm a vegan, and Brett, you're paleo, and everyone will try and decipher what the differences are, but the keys are: we don't have processed foods, we're not having sugar, you know, we're not into gluten, and we're not having, uh, we just don't eat crap, and yeah. that's the thing that we really need to focus on. It's not the differences in what we are eating; it's the fact that all the common things that we're not eating. Yeah, that's it. That's the thing." That's the one. Damo, that's all we've got time for in this edition of 100 Night Out. But remember, folks, we would love to hear your feedback and you can provide it in any number of ways. But the best is to go to our website at www.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 Not Out. Also, if you've liked this episode, then please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and also check out thewellnesscouch.com where you can view the entire range of wellness podcasts available, including the number one show, The Wellness Guys. So until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.